you're about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. I will praise the Father. Not pray to the Father, but I will praise the Father. (laughs) There's a difference. I will pray the Father, and He shall give you. Praying that the Father will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Says, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. The word I want you to lay Emphasis on this afternoon is what I call comforter. Tap someone beside you and say, God will give you a comforter. comforter. Mm -hmm. I said in the first service that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is uh, the most valuable asset in a Christian's life, not your money. Not your assets you have, not your home, not your house. They are things that will lose value or can lose value. Not your car, not your shoes, not your wife, not your husband. These are things that are addendums. Things that are added to us, but they are not the height of our assets. The greatest asset you can ever have is the Holy Spirit. And it is the most ignored helper of our lifetime. The the, the Holy Spirit is given to us as an asset. And when I said said this, I I said um, that Jesus says, I will pray the Father to give you another comforter. And what he was saying in essence is that I'm going to pray to God, that God will give you a duplicate. Someone who would take you into your next dispensation. The, 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 one of the failures sometimes of the church is that the church loves to have a happy time. They want to have that feeling of the spirit. Sometimes we want to go deeper into the spirit. And, and, and I say to many people, I may not be the most spiritual pastor you'll find around by no means of imaginations, and I have no apologies for that. I may not be the most spiritual pastor that you have because when people uh, speak about spirituality, they seem to have levels of spirituality. And, 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 and funny enough, my wife and I, we always have this kind of discussion. What shocks her or what shocks people does not particularly shock me. What, what, what people would want me to take a draconian action upon does not. I don't do that. What, what would suspend you in another church 
makes me embrace you. Because of the dispensation that God places me in. Mm. I, I, I think you miss it. When, when, when God brings in a new dispensation, He shocks the tradition. You will never see a new dispensation that is smooth. So, what, what the Jewish people used to do before Jesus came was okay. When Jesus came, it was a new dispensation and it moved and shocked the system. It shocked the system because they couldn't understand like, why would you now tell us to walk on the Sabbath? Why would you tell us to eat on the Sabbath? Why, why would you sit down with, 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 with Republicans? Or, or, or why would you sit down with tax collectors? Why, why, why would you forgive a woman you met in, 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 in adultery? Why, oh, uh, Jesus, I, I, I thought that if someone is dead as a priest, you should not touch someone who's dead. And Jesus rebukes them that, no, the best person who is your brother's keeper is someone who looks after the dead, who's someone who they feel is injured. That's the good Samaritan. These, all your religiosity, all your religious attitude is not good for the next dispensation that God wants to bring into place. So, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. What we're seeing as Christianity now, when the new generation comes in, we may look at it and feel, are these guys actually spiritual? But no, they are based on the generation God wants them to lead. I think you've missed it. When, when I was growing up and my dad is sitting in front, we used to follow him to church. And the church that they were in and the church that he was in and the church that he's still in uh, uh, was very draconian. Was, you, you don't move, you don't speak. Women sit on one part, men sit on the other part. Do they still do that till today? They do. God help you. Uh, 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 so, so we walk into church. Just imagine. Just imagine my wife and I are walking into church and the ushers will say, left, you right. It, it was the system. It was what was operating. Men and women don't come to pray all night. It's not possible. It's only the men. It was a system that was in operation and we grew up in that system and it worked. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people come to the church. But suddenly, a new generation like us started to grow up. And when we started to grow up, we went to university. God started to move me and my twin brother and some of us in a new direction for this dispensation. I'm talking about me being university in the 1980s. Very young. I'm very young, by the way. Uh, and, and, and I didn't see this. And while I was in university, it wasn't only the issue, the religious attitude of that day that I grew up in, that I was fighting with, but I was also fighting with the religious activity that was in school, in university. That's why they excommunicated me from fellowship of the Christian body. Me. They called me an antichrist. Why? Because... The thing that God wanted me to do was to be able to embrace people who didn't necessarily have, want to wear a scarf on their head. People who wanted to wear their lipstick and their hair. And God was not angry with that. And I was, I was a rebel in Christianity, but I didn't understand why that was happening to me. Suddenly, I see 20 people come to me. 30 people come to me. 100 people on Friday. 
and they went into church in the fellowship of that church in the university and they said that the women were like Jezebels and prostitutes and they were making a, a kind of um, explanation of what happened during our fellowship because when we have fellowship we'll hug each other we'll pray for each other and they said we were in iniquity and they were demonstrating it and we couldn't use the main auditorium of the university because we were not registered as a Christian group and because we were not registered as a Christian group it became a very serious issue and so we have to use the bush a clearing in the bush and when they were explaining it to them in the fellowship, they said, the guy said I was hiding in the bush. And so I sent a message to them. I said, the next time you come, if you surely know that what we're doing is wrong, come out and hide in the bush. And if a snake does not come out and bite you, then I will pack up the fellowship. They didn't turn up. They didn't turn up. I was bold, blush. Sometimes stupid, but it was the Spirit of God moving me for the next generation. And years and years and years to come, bam, worship tabernacle started. And worship tabernacle says, anything that goes up in our spirit must be able to give room for the next generation. So when the next generation takes over this pulpit... They will do things that even my generation would like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. But it is the Holy Spirit leading us. Pastor, why did you say all this? Because when Jesus was going, he says, I better send someone who can operate better than I can operate for the dispensation that they need to go out. And then you now see the radical name called Paul. Paul came onto the scene and was more radical than the 12 other disciples. Which means, Pastor, any time the Holy Spirit deals with us, it must be for the people who you need to develop around you. The church has had enough of all these spiritual issues and experiences the experiences that God is giving each one of us, and God is dealing with each one of us now in different dimensions. It must be for the next generation. It must be for the people who are around you. It must lift someone up. He says, I will give you another comforter. The Holy Spirit always teaching us to do stuff. And that's why there are things that may shock another church that may not necessarily shock this church because God has shifted our mindset that the generation you're dealing with may not be, excuse me, something you're comfortable with, but it's something I would take you to. Now listen to this. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, as I said last week, it makes us to do some certain roles we were never able to do. And the first thing is that the, the Holy Spirit is a divine what? Operator. It makes us operate in the capacity of God and not our own capacity. The second thing we dealt with last week is that the Holy Spirit is a divine what? Generator. Which means the Holy Spirit has the ability to pull us out of obscurity. The Holy Spirit has the ability to push us beyond our ability. 
He has the, the Holy Spirit ha- can generate enough power to pull us out of what? Obscurity. He has the, enough power to what? To push us beyond our ability. So the man who couldn't sing can now sing. And then the Holy Spirit has enough power to put us in charge of our fears. Are you following what I'm saying? That, so when we talk about the power of God, the simplest meaning of the power of God is giving us divine ability to get results. Which, which I'll come back to my point. Any time the Holy Spirit rests upon you, any time you have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, it must produce results. If there are no results in your life, if you're coming to church and there's no results in your life, you need to withdraw back into the presence of the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, tell me how to get results. Depression supposed not to kill you. Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you have the ability for your mind to be able to say that even if I don't like it, even my bones will sing and say, Great are you, Lord. Are you following what I'm saying? So, and I need to repeat myself over and over and over and over and over again because faith coming by here. Depression supposed not to take you out. Anytime sorrow and depression defeats you, it's because there have not been consistent encounters with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is with you, He will teach you what to do. He will give you abilities to get results. So the Holy Spirit is a divine operator. The Holy Spirit is a divine generator. And today, I want to speak about the Holy Spirit as a divine motivator. Mm-hmm. Operator, generator, and motivator. Now listen to me. Oh, I've got a few minutes. Come on. He says, listen, we live in a society that strongly works towards comfort. <laughs> we make machines that do all the hard work so that we can be comfortable. Recently, there's a machine, there's a, there's a new toilet system that's coming out. If I, I, I remember that we used to use toilets, maybe not yet in your house, but if you go to public places, maybe the, the, the airport or something, when you finish with the toilet, you don't need to press anything because it's unhygienic. It will automatically detect that you have finished doing the business and it will flush itself. New technology even coming out right now says to you that when you finish doing the business, it will even help you clean up, wipe you up. That's that's, that's new technology. They're they're trying to make everything so comfortable. Recently, my wife brought into the house what is called, what was that thing that you spray before you uh, do the business? Sing to me, babe. (laughs) It's called VIP pool. So, before you, you, I don't know why she bought it and who she bought it for. <laughs> but it's called VIP people. And why, why, why VIP people? It's because you can spread it on, do the business, and nothing smells. Everything is trying to make the atmosphere comfortable. So, just in case you have visitors, go get VIP people because it will help you. You understand? Machines are being produced 
where you don't even need to do anything. In America, you can drive through and do your accounting business. In America, even here, you can drive through and order a meal. In fact, there's so much new technology coming out that is making even human beings redundant. Before, when they used to do cars, they used to put assemble things together. No, the cars just go on an assembly line and you just see these things just bringing the lights together, bringing the brakes together, bringing the stuff without man doing anything. In fact, this day and age, you can be thousands and thousands and thousands of miles away and at the press of a button, someone can release a, a plane, a drone, can be up on top of someone's house and bam, you can release it and once you release the drone, bam, it can do untold destruction without you even being there. Everything to make someone comfortable. And why did they do that? Because they recognized that if someone was in the plane, that there could be a loss of life. But if it's just a drone, a drone can even do more damage, pinpoint damage more than what a human being can do. Everything is being created for our comfort. We seek out our furnishing for our homes that will enable us to be comfortable. Do you remember that there was a time we were having just sofas? And now we have sofas that you can just press the button right now and it will extend like if you're in first class and then you can put your leg on. In fact, there's a place in my house where nobody sits. It's my place because I can press the button and it can come out. In fact, now it's so good now that you don't even need to press the side button. You can actually have it on your device and press it and the chair will come out. His things are so comfortable right now that you, you could be in church and before you get home, you could warm up the whole house before you get home. You, 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 you understand? You just press a button while you're in church and the heater will come on and before you get back home, the whole place is what? It's warm and nice. You walk in everything to make us comfortable. In fact, having said that, recently they came to install uh, uh, something in my house that when I'm away, I can switch on the lights of the house and switch off the lights of the house. The only thing that baffled me the most is that I knew I put a white bulb in it. I knew I put a white bulb in it. But on that app, you can turn it to warm, you can turn it to green, you can turn it to red. So sometimes when my wife and I were in the, in the lounge sitting down, you want to change the mood, you can just switch it off to like... Blue. The day I was playing with it, I spent like three hours like, this cannot be possible. I know there's a white bulb in it. But technology has said you can change the mood wherever you want to do. In fact, before in my house, we used to miss our post until one guy said to me, why don't you put a nest ring bell in it? I said, what does it do? He says, wherever you're in the world, when someone presses your bell, you can see who has come in. I put it in and nowadays, when, there's, when someone comes in, I just say, hello, who are you? Oh, can you give my neighbor a number four? Uh, I, my, my post has not gone missing. Why? Because it's made everything what? Comfortable. Let's go a bit further. You know what? We look for friends that we can be comfortable with. Check your, check your contact list. Everyone in some, some for, for some of you, everybody on your contact list comes from your village. They look, they look like you, speak like you, sound like you. Have you ever walked into a room where there are different kinds of people and you suddenly gravitate to your own color? 
because you want to be comfortable. And you can have the discussion. And if, you, if there's nobody who looks like you, you your comfort will be the wine, uh, the drink you're carrying. You will, you will hold on to it as if it's your grandmom that is, that is wrapping you in the arms. You, you know, because that's your comfort. You, you, it, that small goblet looks like it is the protection you have. You even finish drinking it, you're still holding on to it and smiling. Because... We want to live in a place which is comfortable. We want to be comfortable. We look for friends that are comfortable. Do you know we even go to churches that we're comfortable with? And do you know we buy clothes that we're comfortable with? Some women will never change their, their dress sense because they're comfortable with it. Some men will never change their dress sense because they're comfortable with it. Some men won't wear shorts to save their lives. And some women will never wear skirts to even go for an interview. They're just comfortable in jeans and comfortable in their trousers. We want to be comfortable in all forms of fashion. People, now further on, now seek comfort for their sorrows in many ways. Many turn to drugs. Many turn to alcohol. Many turn to nicotine. Many turn to sex. Many even buy food to feel better, to forget their pain for a while. We call that what? Comfort what? Eating. Sometimes people go out and they buy stuff, buy clothes, and they call it what? Retail. Retail Can you see how the devil messes us up? Retail therapy. You've just gone into debt, just trying to feel comfortable. All you're looking for is comfort. And, and sadly, the pain returns. And often, the temporary cure brings on other physical and emotional problems worse than they were used to, worse than they were before you even used it to cure what you want. How many crimes are committed? How many children are actually conceived while under the influence of some means of comfort? The question is, why do we drive so much for this comfort? Many people will abandon their wives because they want to be comfortable. Many people will abandon their husbands because they want to be comfortable. Many people will abandon their children because they want to be comfortable. Many people don't have fathers they can look up to because the fathers was looking for their own comfort. Why does everyone want have this drive for comfort? Because deep, 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 deep within us, we really don't have that comfort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Yet, with all the effort we take to get comfortable, we are the most restless society. And you know why? It is because we have failed to find the one thing that can really bring comfort to us the Holy Spirit. He is the comforter. My wife cannot do that job. Your husband cannot do that job. If you are not comfortable within yourself, nobody can make you comfortable. We're looking for comfort in a different means. Many people are getting married because they feel that it will produce comfort for them. 
My wife and I can bear witness of this. That we were counseling a, a, a young man in our house. And the young man said to us that while they were at the wedding in Africa, during the wedding, that the husband and the wife, that the, he said that I and my wife, we were having a fight during the wedding. The wedding was so grand. Many people are wasting money trying to please people while what they're actually paying the money for is in chaos. Oh my God. Thank you, darling. Let me preach on this side. Ah, she's giving me comfort while I'm preaching right now. We, 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 let me put my glasses up. We're paying unseen amount of money. Stupendous amount of money. Trying to please people. And we ourselves are not pleased. And that's the reason why many times you get married. Ask those who have been married. They get married... They dance down here. If it is here. Sometimes this church is not good enough. So we have to go out. No, I'm joking. Uh, is my microphone on? Uh, sometimes we, we, we comfort. We, we spend money. We dance down here. We go to the reception. We dance. We're taking selfies all over the place. But while you're dancing... Between the two people who are getting married, there is there are issues. And when everything is said and done, they now go back to their rented accommodation. Instead of spending that money to buy their own house, they go back to the rented accommodation, look at each other and say, Is that the end? It's the end. Your 15 minutes of fame has come to an end. You blew thousands of money trying to feel comfortable while you don't understand it will not cure your entire life. Let me say this. Children in church, forgive me. You should have taken them to the children's church. Uh, uh, sex can't even make you comfortable. You married because of that thing. How many times are you going to do it in a day? After you finish doing it in a day, what else? What happens after that? I want to marry a guy, so I need to test it, test one, before I get married. Eh, after, after testing. And the guy is a stud. He's a stud inside and outside. You are not the only one he's testing on. And after a while, you will find out that what you're looking for in him it's not that. You're looking for peace. You're looking for joy. You're looking for honesty. You're looking for stability. But you can't get that because you are looking for comfort in the wrong place. And many, and many of you that are supposed to marry husbands are marrying boyfriends. And many men that are supposed to marry a wife material is marrying a floozy, a, a, a girlfriend. Because girlfriends are only friends. Why stay forever? And really, if God is not there, nothing can last. Uh, sorry I'm preaching like that. It's a new generation. I have to shock the way we're preaching. I'm telling you the truth. There is no joy in making other people happy. When you're not happy. You've got to be able to be 
allow God to speak to you. Hollywood, Bollywood, Gollywood, Nollywood cannot produce comfort. They're just woods. Hard. Filled with bushes and forests. That you can't even find your way out. The only holy that can help you is the holy word. You've got to look into the word and not into the woods. The woods ain't giving you nothing. The woods is in trouble too. There's crisis in the woods. Christ's wood is what you should look at. They will teach you that if you're in Hollywood, Gollywood, Bollywood, Nollywood, they'll teach you this is what love is. It's a bush. It's a forest. They don't understand it. But Christ will teach you about agape kind of love. The love that lasts. The love that's tender. The love that stands with you in the time of trouble. That one is fleeting. That one will give you a sensation of a feeling. And after a while it's... And after everything is done, everything comes flat. Everything will obey the law of gravity. So pastor, so what do you mean about comfort? The Bible says, I will give you another comforter. The word comforter means motivator. A motivator. Motivator. The comforter inside you is not only a tongue talker, but his ministry is to make you comfortable. The comforter's job is to make men comfortable in every aspect of life. When we talk about the comforter as the motivator, it is the one to run to our sides and pick us up. Come, so who's coming this time around? Come, 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 come. Let me use you. Adabahosha. So, this is what the Holy Spirit does. I'm the Holy Spirit. He, the Bible says, he's the one that comes along your side. So, while he's walking, he's meditating, he's contemplating. In the first service, he walked as if he was in the catwalk. Now he's got the idea. He's meditating. He's under pressure. Pressure of work. Pressure of home. Pressure of children. Having four kids is not a real easy thing to do. But he's under pressure. He's thinking, what am I going to do? There's no money in the bank. There's nothing. Nobody else is there. Parents are not there. Wife is not there. Children are not there. Family is not there. Suddenly, the Holy Spirit runs along his side and says, you can make it. And starts to lead him. Starts to walk with him. Like on the road to on Emmanuel's. While Jesus was speaking to them, he says, did our hearts not burn when he was talking to us? He's a friend that picks you up. Any friend you have that brings you down, leave them. Because he's a friend that picks you up. He's a friend that says to you, go this way. He's a friend that says to you, I have not left you. I will not leave you. Neither would I forsake you. And while you're on the road, he will say to you, you can make it. That is the Holy Spirit who is a friend, who holds you when nobody else can. Because if you're thinking about your wife, they may not be there. If you're thinking about your husband, they may not be there. 
If you're thinking about your children, they may not be there. They grow up quick and they leave. At 12 years old, my son wants to do his own thing. And so you've got to be able to find someone who is beside you and the Holy Spirit is in you to lift you up. The comforter is called the motivator. He says, Bob, don't worry. No one else can take you to where you're going. I will take you. You will wake up in the morning feeling energized by, the, by, by what they call the divine motivator. Have you ever been, have you ever had a, a, a trainer? Ah, when, when, when they're training you to lose weight or to keep, or to, or to keep yourself in, in a better position, while you're doing it, he says, give us, give me ten. You're, you're, you're ten press-ups. You're on the eighth press-up. You want to, you want to give up. He says, no, you can do it. No, you can do it. One more. You're doing well. You, you know you're not doing well, but he's saying to you, you're doing well. And then that thing kind of motivates you to do better. How many people of you have children? The more you criticize them, the worse they become. The more you motivate them, the better they become. Even when I say, my son, you can do better. You can do this. He says, but dad, I'm not doing well. I said, you're not doing well in your own eyes. But in my own eyes, you're trying. And because you're trying, you are doing well. And then he motivates him. One day he wasn't feeling well. He gave us a phone call. We just appeared in his school on, on Wednesday. And we just appeared there while he was playing football with another school. And when he looked at us, there was this smile that came upon his face. He scored how many goals? Two or three goals. Just like that. Why? Because I came along his side to motivate him. And when I'm with my son, I care less who is there. Care less your ethnicity. I will shout, come on Jay. Come on Jay. Taco. Taco. One day the headmaster came and says, I wish there are many parents like you. I said, uh hey. <laughs> My wife, who is very conservative, would tap me and say, honey, honey. So, uh, <laughs> Girl, you have no idea. You have no idea. I said, okay, I'll be quiet. And then he's running with the ball. Come on! Come on! Je-! And then he scores. It looks like I scored. One day I just ran the whole field. I'm like, ah. Sit down. I'm his, I'm, I'm his motivator. And let me tell you this. He's a friend that listens to your deepest woes. It's a friend that gives you advice in difficult decisions. There are three functions of this motivator, the comforter. Number one, it infuses confidence. The Holy Spirit will give you confidence. I can't do it. He says you can do it. When, when the Holy Spirit came upon Peter in those days, Peter ran away from a young maid. But the Holy Spirit came upon him and in barely a few minutes, he had enough confidence to win 3,000 souls. When you walk with the Holy Spirit, what used to make you fearful will make you brave. How does a young boy of, 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 of uh, David step in front of a warrior? He's never fought a battle before, but he had enough confidence to say, today I will give your head to the birds of the field. How, what kind of confidence comes upon? Because the anointing of the Holy Spirit was upon him. And while the anointing of the Holy Spirit was upon him, he didn't just go there with his own sword. They gave him the sword. They gave him the, 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 uh, the armor. He says, I cannot walk in this. Can I take a side note? Don't walk in someone else's Instagram page. Don't try what other people are trying. Because that small sling, that thing that God gave you, is enough to defeat any Goliath. Most of the time, we're just not confident in our own talent. 
They are looking for you. They just haven't found you. Somebody is looking for what you have. So have enough confidence that by the help of the Holy Spirit, they will call me. It will happen. The first thing the Holy Spirit does, it just infuses confidence. The second thing he does is he brings correction. First one was what? Confidence. Second thing was what? Correction. Now listen. <laughs> Christian, Christians know the source of true comfort, but they do not want to be comforted. So listen to me. As I use Jay as an example. Jeremiah may know that pastor is the one that can look him in the eyes and tell him the truth. But he may not want to come to me because he may want to get temporary comfort from someone else who doesn't know him but may applaud his faults. That's the reason why the Holy Spirit is non-existent in some of our lives. Because when you're about to do what you're about to do, if you just pause and say, Holy Spirit, what should I do? You will really not want to hear what he wants to say. But we want to have that comfort, but we don't want to be comforted. Because there's a difference between comfort and comforter. Oh, I just missed you. Put my scripture up, please, so that we can close quickly. Second Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3 to 4. Listen to what it says. Let's read it together. Upstairs 2. Ready, steady, go. Number one, he's what? The source of what? All comfort. Not your wife, not your husband. Not your nicotine, not sex. Not your Instagram, not your, not your Facebook. Not your Snapchat, not that. That will not give you confidence. In fact, it will break down your confidence. It will not correct you. It will not give you comfort. Because God is the source of all comfort. Ready, steady, go. Let's read it again. He what? Upstairs, are you with me or should I come upstairs? He what? Stop! He what? He comforts us what? In! The problem we have is that we think that comfort is taking away the trouble. But God says, I comfort you what? In your... Oh, I just missed it. That means God may not come before they throw you into the fiery furnace. But when you are in the fiery furnace, God will come because what God got the what God wants to do through you is not when you escape it, but when you walk through it. Though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I will what? Fear no evil. This world, this young generation wants comfort and no trouble. There is no comfort except you go through trouble sometimes. He, God, 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 God didn't deliver you before it. He delivered you while you were in it. God is not telling you, leave your wife or leave your husband because that will provide you comfort. He wants to walk with you while you are in that because that will give glory to him. Okay, okay, okay. You didn't believe me. God did not deliver Jesus when Jesus was on the cross. And he says, my father... My father, are you listening to me at the back? My father, my father, why hast thou what? 
forsaken me. He wanted God to take the pain away. And God says, I am still with you, although you think I have left you. In fact, another chapter says, and the angels came to comfort him. Not to take away. When Jesus was praying in the garden of Gethsemane, he says, God, if it's possible, take away this thing. The Bible says the angels of God came and motivated him to go through the pain, but not escape the pain. Put my scripture up. Let's finish this. He says, he says that he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can what? Did I not say the Holy Spirit is not for you but for others? Listen, he says, when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. That means many of us will go through trouble to help others. And the Holy Spirit will guide us through it. Many of us want great comfort, but people are committing suicide as millionaires. They want comfortable provision. They want physical comfort and ease. They want security. They want luxury. But a comforter does not remove its assists. A comforter, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me carefully. Stop what you're doing and listen to this. Take this home. A comforter takes you out of your comfort zone while providing comfort. So when he brings you up and says, sing, He's taking you out of your comfort zone, but there is a motivator beside you that says you can do it. Do not fear. But he will not give you something that is easy. He may take you down the path because it is your promotion. He may tell you, go apologize to your parents. He may tell you, forgive people. He may tell you, stick it out. He may tell you, stay there. He may tell you, don't leave. Oh, I'm fed up of this. Ah, I'm, I'm bothered. My mind is, my mind, you're affecting me. God says, no, 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 no. no. The Holy Spirit is going to teach you how to trouble your trouble. How he can come into the boat when it is sinking. He gives you confidence. He brings correction. And the last thing he does is that the Holy Spirit is a covering. Let me show you this. Listen to me. When you look at the word comforter in Wikipedia, Wikipedia, the word comforter actually means, it means a quilt. I know some of you are going onto the internet right now. Google it. When they talk about comforter, they talk about a duvet or a quilt. Check it out. That's what the word comforter, check it out. If you go to some stores in America and I'm looking for a comforter, they will bring this out for you. I was wondering, when I was doing my research, I was wondering, whoa, whoa. Because I was looking for one massive, big, deep revelation. Quilt. <laughs> I'm like, you cannot be serious. So I went to check dates, went to check all that kind of stuff. I still came, came back to, I couldn't leave. It is a quilt. And I said, so what is this used for? It is a covering. And then, Bam! I got it. The Holy Spirit is our covering. It's our covering. But it has a purpose. When the Holy Spirit is with you and along your side, 
He makes you sleep. Come, son. And then, without this, he is exposed to cold. How many of you are married? How many of you are married? I'm not talking about those who are not. I'm talking about married. And you have this kilt in your, and you keep pulling it off each other. Because one is cold, one is hot. As he stands there, he feels a bit exposed, isn't it? But you know what the Holy Spirit does? It comes and it covers him. And he says to him, I am your cover. Sleep. The Holy Spirit is such a comforter that it will comfort you to sleep while chaos is around you. Ah, oh, somebody just missed it. Somebody just he, the Holy Spirit will lie down with you. I would have lied down with him, but it can connote something different. I mean, uh, the, what they will put out on the internet will be different. But the Holy Spirit will lie down with him and will say to him, sleep. Put up my scripture. He says, I will lay, he will lay me down. I will wake up in safety for the Lord is watching over me. I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me. So while there's chaos at work and he wants to give you sleepless nights, he will cover you. While you're going back to work, you really don't know how am I going to deal with that issue. He will cover you. While they're going to the pub to talk about you, how to sack you, he will cover you. He's a covering. I have no comfort in being, being, in, being in league with my boss. They may not agree to what I'm doing, but he will cover you. I remember on the men's, on the men's group, one, one gentleman was in trouble. He said, can we pray for him? The Holy Spirit came and covered him. Many of you are not being covered. Sorry, son. You're being exposed. And you're exposing yourself to different kinds of things that has no protection. And the Holy Spirit says, I will cover you. I will make you go to sleep. I will lay you down. I will wake you at the right time. Actually, while Jacob was asleep, his victory came. God gave him ideas. And many of us are not sleeping because we want things to work out the way we want it to work out. And the Holy Spirit says, when he comes upon you, he's your covering. He will cover you. He will protect you. He will be with you. He will motivate you so much that you will be able to sleep. He says in Psalm 4 verse 8, In peace I will lay down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, will keep me in safety. The Holy Spirit will give you confidence enough to sleep. The Holy Spirit will correct your ways enough to sleep. And the Holy Spirit will cover you while you're sleeping. That means wherever you go, son, get up. Wherever you go, even when he wakes up, still, how many of you have done this when the postman comes? And you cover yourself because it's cold. How many of you, when we were doing the prayer during the month of January, you are still praying, walking around with you? Because this is so warm. It wraps itself around you. The Holy Spirit says, you know what? Not only when you sleep, wherever you're going, I will not leave you or forsake you. 
I will protect you. That's why he's a divine motivator. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.